0: 7 Million Bikes podcast couldn't happen without the support of our community. I want to give a massive thank you to our existing Patreon members, Zion Johnson, Brandon Thompson, Dan Jones, Andrew Barry, Annie Ver, Carrie Hughes-Parry, Pippa Clear, Tracy Wright, Alistair Chapman, Brandon Thompson, and our newest member, Tien Kung. To say thank you to all of our members, we're having a special pool party here at my new apartment. And thanks to my friends at Mixtape Brewery, we'll be enjoying their new green tea-based hard seltzer, perfect for an afternoon of drinking by the pool. As you probably know, I'm a massive craft beer fan. Mixtape Drinks is a relative newcomer on the growing craft beer scene here in Vietnam, starting in 2020 by my friend Chad Mitchell and Taipei-based Sean Kidd. You'll often see me and Adri out in Saigon drinking their delicious Peaches and Cream IPA, or a refreshing California sun juicy paleo. And if you're in the mood for something a bit heavier and darker, their molly milk stout is delicious. I was pretty disappointed when I found out, though, that it didn't actually include molly. Through craft beer, Mixtape Drinks is becoming part of the Vietnam community through local music, art, food, and now podcasts. If you'd like to be part of the 7 Million Bikes community and support our podcast, then Mixtape is giving away four free cans to the next three new community members. That's worth 280,000 dong or 11 US dollars. To get your free cans, you have to be in Ho Chi Minh City and join the We Make Plan or above. You can still support us wherever you are in the world. And when you do, next time you're in Saigon, the drinks are on me. As a community member, you'll also get episodes before anyone else invites to special events like our pool party and bonus content that no one else will ever see or hear. And I'll also give you a special shout out on future episodes. So join at patreon.com forward slash 7 million bikes or you can find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much to everyone for listening and helping us pass 40,000 downloads recently and everyone who supports us including Mixtape Brewery. Cheers! Ever heard a joke and wondered, did that really happen? My name's Neil McKay, comedian and podcast host. Long before I ever started doing stand-up comedy, when I heard comedians tell the craziest, funniest jokes, I would always wonder to myself, did that really happen? And if I got the chance to meet them after the show, I would always ask them. And nine times out of 10, the answer was yes. But I learned as a comedian that the difference between sharing a story with friends and telling it on stage is the ability to take those moments and craft them into a well worked joke. And it takes even more skill if it is completely made up. In each episode of this podcast, I'll talk to comedians from around the world, play you one of the jokes, and then ask them, did that really happen? My guest today is an American-born Vietnamese comic out of Dallas in Texas. He's been doing comedy for over 10 years all over the U.S. and has performed in Japan and South Korea. My guest today is Liam Smith. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Nice to meet you, finally.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long time coming, right? We've been trying to set this interview up for a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, I'm glad that we finally got this going now.
0: Because we came across each other, you posted in that. So if anyone listens regularly, you know I'm based in Vietnam. And I think we came across each other, you posted in a Vietnam comedy group. So is that right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, I believe it was the Hanoi the Collective Group. That's I right. That's what it was called. Yeah, I was kind of introduced to it through uh, Tom Rhodes whenever I used to work with him. And he was telling me about that scene over there and then suggested I join it. And I had been part of the group for some time, but I just, maybe a few months ago, that's when it happened, was whenever I was inquiring about any kind of, you know, what was going on over there, if there were any shows, opportunities, things like that. So, and then we just kind of got hooked up at that point, which was great.
0: And do you have plans to come over and perform here?
1: Uh, I would always love to perform overseas again. Yeah, I just have. Have it really set anything up yet? And hard being in my position because it's I don't have like the big TV credits and things like that would guarantee a draw or like even people would want to go see me. Really, I'm just another comic here, and I have gone and performed overseas before, so I have experience there. But I've never been able to even go back to Vietnam. Well, I shouldn't even say go back. I've never been to Vietnam, and it would great be great to go there to perform so perhaps in the future
0: if you ever come for a visit we'll definitely get you on a show for sure we're always it's really exciting now since obviously we're coming out of the other end of the pandemic and tourism's opened and the borders have opened we're now getting traveling comedians coming back which we were starved of for years here I mean luckily we've got a really good comedy scene here in Vietnam in Hanoi and Saigon like some amazing amazingly funny comedians So, but it was just, it was just all of us for the best part of three years. And then towards the end of last year, more than 50% of the comedians that were here in Saigon ultimately left because we went through a really strict lockdown. So that was a shame because some of those guys Mm -hmm. were so, so funny. Um, And now we're just building back up. we got some new guys coming on the scene and yeah, really exciting to have comedians from overseas. So you you are a hugely prolific performer. I follow you obviously on social media, and you what is it 120 nights in a row? Am I right? Or tell us a bit more about that.
1: Uh so tonight I performed, uh, and tonight was 181 days in a row. You know, last night was a big milestone for me. That was 180 days straight, and that's not just one mic. I, or one show or anything like that it's i did i think uh 329 performances during that 180 last 180 days but yeah last six months i've gone up every single night wow Mm
0: -hmm. i mean i'm watching 200 shows total in four years and I'm so proud of that I'm like yes Um, (laughs) right be proud
1: of it that's still a good number yeah yeah Yeah, I mean the way
0: way I think about it like just doing one is the most difficult right like doing one is a huge achievement for most people Mm -hmm. anyway for me it took me seven years to finally even get the courage to get up the first time so to get on the verge of 200 now and that's all been in Vietnam and we don't have a huge amount of mics like this is the The amazing thing i hear about overseas like the fact that you can go and do multiple mics in one night and you can just get so much stage time here we have at the moment in saigon three open mics in a week and i think that's been about the most we've ever had was three open mics in one week so even if you wanted to perform every night here you couldn't you know
1: so either the streak ends or you guys get more mics every night
0: yeah exactly
1: uh, yeah because i just don't plan on ever stopping really yeah I mean, it's it's not really a thing that I'm doing. i just I just like to go up every night and mm. so it's just turned into what it is now. So yeah, I wouldn't know what I would be doing each night if not going and telling <laughs> it, jokes, you know, it's that odd. so yeah, it's, um, it's
0: definitely it gets an addiction for some people. I don't think i ever I've really gotten addicted, but I know definitely for some people it's a huge addiction, although, When I come off stage, I'm like, I want to do that again.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I classify as an addiction per se, because I feel like an addiction has some negative connotation (laughs) to it. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, But I am very passionate about it and I just want to go and tell jokes every night Mm -hmm. in in any capacity that I can really. So that's just what I'm doing at this point. And like you, probably like during the pandemic, I had not really performed. Yeah, I'll say I maybe went up like three or four times during the pandemic, but for probably over, like just over two years while the pandemic was really going on here, I didn't really get to go up very much. And so I didn't really want to go up again until that was all done to where i didn't have to wear masks during the day i didn't have to wear in the evening because with the times that i did go up during the pandemic and i was wearing a mask all day and then trying to go up at night like i just ended up just basically bitching about wearing a mask and Mm. it just was not fun for me Mm. you can definitely tell you're um, from texas yes (laughs) yeah right (laughs) oh yeah so once that was once that ended though i started to make my way back to the stage and you know i started off pretty slow and not going at all during that whole time i started going up once a week and then picked up to like two and then three and then from there it just kind of snowballed into what it is yeah i was not really planning on going up every night like that was Something that, like, I kind of talked to with other comics in the area and seeing what it really started off as just an idea of like just going up 30 mics in 30 nights. That was kind of the whole idea. But a lot of comics just that's a pretty big commitment to go up every night for 30 days. And a lot of comics they have other priorities, families, jobs, kids, things like that. And so I didn't get a lot of, a lot of support or a lot of people that wanted to do that. And so I didn't really go out and do that to spite them or anything. I just was talking about it. And then it just happened to connect one week to another. And then from then on, I just kept going. Like that, I think that's the hardest part. Like you saying, there's like three mics during the week. And then maybe you have shows during on Friday or Saturday. Uh, here, it's it's really difficult if you can't find places to go up Friday and Saturday night to connect week to week. And the first time that I had performed like Sunday through Thursday, and then I got Friday, Saturday show, I was like, okay, well, that's seven days. If I go back Sunday and then just do that again, I'm just going to keep going. And then that's how it started was two weeks 7 days and then 7 days and then it was over after that and haven't stopped.
0: <laughs> well that I, that kind yeah. of answers my question. I was going to say so you've been performing for over 10 years. What uh, inspired this? Cuz I remember when you were posting just at the beginning, I think yeah, when you were saying about 30 days and 30 nights and then you yes. did it. Sorry, 30 shows and 30 nights and then you did it and then it, you just kept going and going and going.
1: So the first 30 days was the most difficult of this whole thing that's like just getting used to being out every night i also have a regular job too so i work during the day and then going up at night like i did i had to readjust my body and my mind and to go up every night come home late go to bed in the morning go to work come home get ready to go back out again and then just repeat every day And that those first thirty days was the most difficult, I would say. But once I got through that, it's really just been just an everyday thing. It's just Mm -hmm. what I would do every day. It's kind of like working out or something like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And what's been Um, the biggest thing you've learned then in in, during this run?
1: uh, It takes a lot of. A lot of help from others to do that many shows and go up every night. I can't just go and create stage self every night. I need to rely on like clubs, bookers, uh, other comics to help me get these stages lined up so that I could continuously do it. If I didn't have other people to provide stages for me, then it would not be possible for sure. Especially mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday—that's the most difficult for any comic to to do this is that if you don't have a consistent spot to go up week in and week out, Friday and Saturday, it, you just can't do it. It's mm. just impossible. So luckily here in Dallas, I would say Dallas-Fort Worth because, you know, the whole scene is connected, the Metroplex. Mm. And luckily at this point, post-pandemic, I've just noticed that there's just a lot more available stage time throughout the week just sunday through thursday there's mics going on multiple mics going on each night and then i was able to get into two separate clubs that would allow me to go up on the weekend and so if i'm not booked out out of town or you know on a on a regular show i can at least go there do a set or the other spot do a set and then you know i was still able to connect it and so that's how i do things right now it's if i'm not booked a regular book like uh i've shows uh then i would go to these two clubs one of the two clubs or maybe both if i'm not booked that whole weekend and just do sets there just to so that i could maintain the consistency
0: one of the things I learned from a good friend of mine, Lars Callio, he's a Canadian comedian. He did a, so I did some on I did I started an online open mic during the pandemic because we our timeline in Vietnam is a little bit different to the rest of the world. The first year of the pandemic, we were pretty much insular, closed borders, not much COVID. So it was kind of normal. And we were watching the rest of the world have just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But then once right. the, I think it was the Omicron variant got into Vietnam, it just spread like wildfire and Vietnam hadn't really properly prepared with vaccinations the rest of the world had. So we went into tough lockdown last year when the rest of the world was kind of coming out of it and going back to more normal. So at first we thought it was just going to be a lockdown for like a month or so. And then it dragged on and I really didn't want to do online comedy shows, but, you know, just wanted to perform and do something. So I was like, "All right, I'll get it started," and it, right. it was unbelievable. I Had so much fun, connected with people around the world. Some of them have been on this podcast. Some of them I'm going to meet in person soon. It actually was like a really enjoyable experience, and I had so much—had much, so many negative perceptions of it. So thankfully, got mm-hmm. that got that started, and, and that was really good. So my my friend Lars Callio he actually did a show for me. I was able to during the lockdown here, you know, it got so bad we'd been locked up for so long. I was even actually able to do some paid shows for private companies. They would pay me to do host a comedy night for their staff online, which was yeah, pretty incredible. And I had right, my, yeah. I had my friend Lars based in Canada who's like a professional comedian. I paid him, but I mean it was way way under what he would usually charge for a corporate show but he he did it for a favor I mean I wasn't making much money out of it but he did it as a favor and he was amazing like he instantly came on the camera and it was so funny he even had like a microphone in his hand that wasn't plugged into anything he had a red brick wall
1: behind (laughs) him that was just like a
0: printout and he'd made all these little, little efforts but just his persona he was just so funny like the audience i was laughing and i was like in my head as a comedian i'm like he's not even telling a joke and he's so funny so i we'll yeah. have to just him you know what what just not that what's his secret because i know that's a cheesy question but he like asked for advice you know how basically how are you so funny how did you do that you were just instantly funny and he was like just practice mm-hmm. you've just got to keep doing it he's like i've performed yeah. i think maybe the number he said was over 2500 times or something like that he's been doing it for for a long time, it's probably more than 2,500. I can't remember the number, but whatever he said, I've been doing it for so long. And so I'm not that prolific. Like I said, I'm approaching 200 shows in two y- in four years. I took a big break in, at one point. But I know that even if I take a week off or a couple of weeks off, I feel so rusty. I need to be performing yeah. every, every week to be... Uh, at yes. my peak, I guess. That was a couple oh, yeah. of years ago. I didn't enter the comedy competition here, which is a big thing because we'd just come out of lockdown and I hadn't performed in weeks or months. I can't remember. And I was like, I'm not going to do it because I'm not going to do myself justice. So to go back to you, that's why I take my hat off to you and kind of what I meant, by how much have you learned? Because I can't imagine the improvement you would have seen in yourself from performing that often.
1: Oh, I will say that performing this much every night multiple times a night it has forced me to write more and not force me as in like I'm sitting there like oh I gotta write new jokes for tomorrow or whatever it's just because you're performing so much you're always in that mindset Mm. of being a comedian or a comic and you're just always thinking stuff a lot more like when you take breaks your mind takes a break And you start going back into like civilian mode. And it's harder to notice things, for me anyways, if I'm not constantly in this space where I'm just going up every night. This is just my life now. And I am always ready to go up and I'm always just thinking as a comic now, as opposed to when I take a few days off, like my mind just takes a break and I'm not thinking in that same way. And so that's the one thing that I've seen in doing this is that my mind is just always turned on to noticing little things that I can talk about. And it's not always great stuff, but it's, it's always going and I'm always, you know, trying out new stuff now. Every couple days, I'll find something good or something that I want to work on. And that keeps me motivated. Mm. You know, people, I think, right
0: now, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. No, no, I mean, it's if there's one thing that motivates every comic is getting a new joke, having a new joke to tell.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Right.
1: Yeah. When you have something like, oh man, this is going to be good. And it might not be good, but you feel like it. Or this is something new I want to talk about it makes you want to go up and do that. And so going up every night, it's like a, it's like a circular process. Like I go up every night, I write more. And then I want to keep going up because I'm writing more, you know? And so it just, it just works out to where, you know, I'm just getting a lot more material now. I'm a lot more comfortable on stage. I can, any given night, you can ask me to do, like, one, a minute, two minutes, three minutes, up to an hour. Like, it just, I'm always just ready hmm. at this point. Yeah. So
0: 100%. If you could see yeah. me right now, if the listeners could see me, I'm just sitting here nodding my head. Because, yeah, I, I just like yeah. be 100%. And one of the things I actually find it quite difficult. So, you know, I do another podcast called a Vietnam podcast, and that's quite, uh, takes up a lot of my time. And then I started this one last year. I find it really difficult to balance between doing comedy and doing the podcast. And I, I mentioned about how I took mm. a break before. That was because I was focused on the podcast. And I, sometimes I find it really difficult to switch my brain, like you said, like because when you're in the comedian mode, you're thinking of jokes all the time, you're practicing, like, you know, just every day occurrences. Yes. You're, you're driving about your day and then you're like, oh yeah, this would be funny. But then when I switch over to podcast yeah. mode, I'm thinking about like, what do I have to do with that audio? What's coming up in that interview? Like I'm just right. not in the same mm-hmm. mindset. I've gotten better at it, I think recently, but in the beginning, I really found that difficult. But I also hundred percent agree with what you're saying. Cause I remember, I think it was when I for- I'd first started. So again, regular listeners will know my wife. She's basically like my co-writer, you know, like she, she comes up with a, I come up with a lot yeah. of premises, and then she kind of helps finish them off or add little bits. She's so so funny, but she like she'll never get on stage. She's just a, a funny. She's got the brain for it. <laughs> and I remember when I first started, and she was like, "Now I'm thinking in jokes all the time." And my brain, I'm like thinking of everything <laughs> I see. I'm like thinking, of, and I was like, "Yeah, that's what happens. You just have <laughs> your brain, it consumes your brain." Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I just. For my 180th day, which is yesterday, I had posted things that we're talking about, like things that I had learned and why I keep going up and just how I think it just makes it it would make any comic better if they could just go up all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, and not everyone can do that, unfortunately, like it just might not be available like over there. Or you have kids, wives, etc. right? You just can't Mm. do it. But I would say, and I think every comic would agree, is like if they could just go up as much as they could, then they would just be so much better. You Mm. know, they would just really be so sharp. And so that's, um, yeah, that's a big motivation. Something that I appreciate doing what I'm doing Mm. is, yeah, I'm just... In that mode all the time. Yeah. And yeah.
0: And that's also it's also disappointing when you do see maybe someone doing the first open mic. I'm, I'm thinking of one person I saw here and just absolutely bomb. You know they did poorly. You know not nothing against them. They had just pages and pages of paper and I remember the host had to like basically get up on stage and be like, "Hey, thank you." And the guy was like, oh, "I still have two more pages left." <laughs> Thank like you. Already been up for like eight, eight and the poor guy—I've never seen him do a mic again. It's right. he's kind of like you. Just you—you've got to keep going. Like oh. you're not going to nail it on the first time. You know, I mean, maybe he just right. wanted to do it once and, and be happy with that. And be like, yeah, I did it once. So i, I don't know the guy. I don't know him personally, but yeah, I just—I right. I always say to new comedians as well, like just keep going. Like that. I don't just—you got to keep getting up. That's yes,
1: thing. yes, yeah. That is that is the first thing that I say to yeah. any comic that asked me for advice and i put advice in quotations because it's not real advice right it's just Mm. if you're going to do this you have to go up as much as you can after you you show that you are committed to it then i can start giving you more nuanced advice Exactly. but if you don't go up enough then what i would want to tell you wouldn't even apply because yeah, you're exactly not that, yeah i've told you know? someone
0: the same thing as well there's no point in telling <laughs> you about all these nuances if you've like because you don't know what i'm talking about you've got to get up and do it exactly 100 yes no oh,
1: yeah
0: let's listen to your joke i'm going to play it right now and then we're going to find out did that, that really happen
1: i don't think racism is going to end in my lifetime you know five to ten is just not long enough But I do hope in the future people feel a little weird
0: asking me where the soy sauce is at the grocery store. But
1: <laughs> well, you can ask a question just uh, without so much confidence. <laughs> Don't be like, uh, excuse me, uh, soy sauce? <laughs> My name is Liam. four.
0: <laughs> so Liam, did that really happen?
1: Uh, yes, that did really happen. Yeah, I work at a grocery store and people, I don't know if it's intentional whenever they ask me where the soy sauce is and they know that I'm going to know exactly where it is. But it seems like it. It really does. Like, I've worked at the grocery store and people just ask me, it's like asking a crossing guard where direction somewhere, like you would assume that they would know. And the way that people would ask just gave me that feeling (laughs) that they just assume I would know because of me being Asian or Vietnamese or whatever. And that really did happen. But I just had to condense it into a joke form but yeah yeah that i mean it still happens it, like happened the other week
0: well let's be honest so, you do know where the soy sauce yes, is totally. pretty easily One, don't you
1: uh yeah i know where the <laughs> soy sauce is in every grocery store i think and <laughs> not even the ones you work in yeah
0: <laughs> so <tell laughs> me, when, talk about that process then like taking these real life moments because as i mentioned in the introduction that's the difference right because I was explaining to someone recently, you could just be like, oh, hey, this guy asked me for the soy sauce and I just thought he was being racist. So that's a funny story, but it's not a funny joke. How do you then take that and then craft it into a joke?
1: The joke really took some time to work out to where it is now. It took maybe like two weeks because it it didn't originally start in that way and with the same kind of inflection on the punchline. I was playing with how the punchline was going to go And I knew where I I wanted to get to, but I needed to figure out, well, the pacing and the wording of it so that the audience could just get where I was coming from immediately. The premise of it was just not the huge idea of like racism ending. It's just that little bit that it felt racist, right? And that little bit just didn't seem like It will go away. It's just something that people, I think, just assume innocently. And I thought it was just weird because, yeah, I just don't really understand why people think like that. And so, like, it stood out to my, like, in my mind. And then I just kind of worked it out to where, I was playing with it innocently, like talking about how people just kind of assume things about you just by the way you look. And the soy sauce just because I work in a grocery store and that happened kind of in that way, like I was just saying the story at first, kind of. And then I had to kind of chop it down, edit it to where it was quick enough to where it was just a joke at that Mm. point. But it started off as more because here's the other thing, too, is I am not one of these people can, that can just write the joke as is and then go perform it just like I wrote it. I have like an idea of something that bothers me or I think is maybe funny, and then I'll bring it to the stage and just talk about it. And I record on my sets and I listen to how the crowd reacts to how I s- said the joke or I'm telling the story or whatever and so I did that for you know a few nights or about two weeks or so and so that's just how it happened there I was kind of talking about it on stage and there were certain things that I said and before I think the punchline was a lot longer it was you know How does that go? So yeah, before it would the setup would be something like, excuse me, do you know where this soy sauce is or something like that, right? Too long, right? Mm. And then I didn't have like the quick punchline to it where I assume that they're calling me soy sauce, but then also I'll tell them where it is. Like I kind of had to work that out on stage in the moment. And Mm. that's what, it all goes back to that comic mode. I tend to write like that, while while I'm on stage when I have something to talk about something on my mind but I'm under the gun so to speak because I'm on stage in front of people trying to work it out and so my mind is going into overdrive trying to get the laugh Mm. and so it just kind of automatically edits down things and, and I pick up certain wording and yeah it took some time not like super long but it did not start the same way i could probably go find like the like i said i recorded all my sets in the last six months or so and so i could probably go back and find the first time that i tried it and listen to it but i just yeah i've kind of i should actually do that one day (laughs) (laughs) so like i kind of forget how i used to tell it yeah in the beginning like just explaining it but now it's somewhat polished i think and Mm. yeah yeah it's funny that you know, uh, I didn't really write it like that to begin with. It took some process of how they say, like a sculptor, they, they kind of just chisel away until the art re- reveals itself. So,
0: oh, I like that one. Yeah, that's good. It's a very similar yeah. style to me, I think. I don't even really write jokes down, I just come up with them in my head, like a premise or an idea. And then I'll just go to open mic and kind of work it out from there. Or I do, I mean, like I said, my wife is basically my co writer, so obviously, almost often bounce them off her and she'll give some great advice but it's uh, it's a similar thing as well working them out on stage uh you know i've got a a joke right now so i got robbed recently i had my iphone pickpocketed from a lady boy and uh oh wow and it's a whole massive it's a whole story like it's so traumatic like i'm still pretty traumatized by it. it was pretty horrible (laughs) but it gave me an amazing joke like it was so funny and when I first yeah. started telling it on stage, kind of similar to what you just mentioned, I would just kind of tell the story because it was so crazy and funny in itself that it would get, people were interested, it would get laughs. But then over time, and it was after a few weeks of doing it, my wife was like, okay, that happened a while ago. Now you need to now turn that into a joke. And I was like, yeah, she's like, right. "You're just telling the story? And I was like, yeah, that's yes. right. So then, that's when you the skill comes in. When you're like, okay, these are the points I'm gonna hit. These are the funny bits I'm gonna get to them quicker. I'm gonna miss this bit out because it doesn't add to the story. It's not funny. Um, Right. Mm -hmm. And now it's like one of my best bits. It's, It's it's pretty new in the last few months, and it's it keeps getting better and better, which I like. And I take really old jokes and still make them better. got a joke I still tell on stage I just told it I was headlining a set on the weekend I it's still one of my kind of best jokes and that was one of that I did that joke on my first ever set and like you I've, Mm. I've listened to it I've gone back and there's so much fat and detail that's not necessary whereas now it's just like short and to the point yeah yeah. No, so I think I have a very similar process to you. And it, it, what I love about this podcast is talking to comedians and finding out the different processes because everybody's different. You know, I just interviewed Joe Vu and yes. he'll, he'll sit down and write it all down and, and and kind of he'll record himself doing it before he gets on stage. Whereas I just like think of it in my head and I'm like, all right, I'll do that on stage. I'll figure it out and then you know, <laughs> put it together with another bit, shorten it down, things like that. So do you you write down anything or everything's in your head?
1: So I write down some things. Most of the things that I write down are just keywords. Mm. Sometimes like I have, you know, I have a notes in my notes app. I have like raw ideas. Like I have to put down like kind of why it's funny, kind of summarize it. But it's not the joke per se. It's, It's something that I noticed why I thought it was funny at that moment and then you know a lot of that stuff is trash obviously (laughs) like (laughs) you know but there's certain ones that end up being something when I bring up to the stage And like oh yeah that's right that's why I thought this was funny mostly why it bothered me that most of the stuff that bothers me is the stuff that really works the best and so I'll just take those raw ideas from my notes like I'll have to explain kind of a little bit to myself why I even thought this was funny and then I'll take that to a stage and then I'll just add like little tags and things like that if I think of them but not on stage in my notes like sometimes I'm working or I'm driving a lot of times I'm driving I'll think of a tag so mm. I have to put it in the notes but if I am doing it on stage I'm already recording the audio on stage so I and I listen to my sets you know After every set, I listen to it and I'm able, I don't know, miraculously able to condense it in my head after I listen to it. Okay, that's good. That's good. I don't have to write down the joke, like let's say the soy sauce joke. I haven't written that like how I do it. The only time I've written it is maybe putting it up for reels, for videos and things like that. And I caption it. And so I edit it and that's actually really a useful tool too, as well to just see the words of the jokes of that any joke how it goes when i say it because writing it down is really tedious to me Mm. and so i don't do that i just have to write the ideas i like work it out on stage and then edit it in my head a little bit and then yeah i write down some things to just help me but i don't i i can't write full jokes out it's yeah that would be uh a nightmare to <laughs> me yeah i could cannot do that
0: <laughs> i've got two quick questions for you before we wrap it up number one right. have you ever thought of a joke like in the middle of the night like in your sleep or on or when you're driving something like that and then you just completely forget the joke
1: oh yes oh yeah it's
0: the worst oh, isn't it man, that...
1: you're like what, yeah, was yeah, because... what was that joke what was that joke yeah right oh man that is one of the worst feelings you know because you know you just want to find something to write it down or like oh god I'm gonna I'm gonna forget this how yeah. do I record this somehow yeah and it's just lost in the wind forever <laughs> uh, but I've done it I've thought of stuff in my sleep
0: <laughs> I've thought right? of stuff in my sleep and then I'm be like just grab your phone and just like type two words in i mean i'm too tired i'll remember i'll remember it and then i wake Um, up and i'm like oh i forgot what was that joke i forgot um, oh no
1: yeah i mean if i'm laying in bed and i know that my phone is right there and i'm thinking about something and i think it's it's worth writing down i'll get up and write (laughs) it because i just know that i will forget it later and sometimes it'll come back up again that does happen like if it's (laughs) truly something in your head but most times i mean And I think all of us, we just, if we don't write it down, we'll just kind of forget it. And yeah, that's just another lost idea that I can't (laughs) work on. And I'm just, yeah, I'm completely livid for sure. I can't
0: remember if somebody told me this or this is my own original thought. So if someone did tell me this, then I'm sorry, I forgot who told me it. But if you don't remember it, then it probably wasn't that good anyway.
1: Right. Yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah, Yeah, I I think I've heard that right. Yeah, that's like a very, I think that's just like a general rule of thumb. If you write down everything, then that's probably best. Because, yeah, I've written down stuff that it wasn't good anyways, mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, just write down everything. And if you don't, if you miss an idea here or there, yeah, I try not to get too yeah. bent out of shape out of you it. You'll have other but...
0: ideas in the end, won't you?
1: Yeah. Right. Now, the other question yeah.
0: I was going to ask is, have you ever written something down, like a couple of keywords? I do similar thing as well. Just write down a couple of keywords. Or have you gone through old notes and then found maybe a note and then you're like, what was that joke?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, we talked about earlier, like I, I try to write down, if I think of something, I'll, I won't write the whole joke down unless it's like short jokes I can write really quick. I like to write real short Rodney Dangerfield type jokes. I love writing jokes like that. And so you have like to me, I have to write down the whole thing on that because it's short and the wording is important. But if it's like an idea that I think is funny and I just jot down a couple of words that at the time I think, oh, yeah, I'll figure out why that was funny later. And then it's not clear enough, and I'm like, okay, why was this funny? Yeah. What, what, what was I thinking here again? And yeah, I'll just sit there and like try to just die, like really think about like why did I write this down? Why, what was funny about this? I'll even you know? say it to my wife. I'll be like,
0: I'll be like, Adrian, what was that? Remember I told you that thing? There was that joke about something. What was that again? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, remember we were talking and we were in the restaurant and I said like this would be really funny. And what was it? And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking. About. I'm like fuck.
1: <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah i mean I uh, my notes app right now I, I have it just by like year so like <laughs> this year it's just completely filled with stuff you know just to add new stuff in there like i have to scroll all the way down to the bottom right now <laughs> just to get to the bottom so i can add something new and so as i'm scrolling i'm seeing all these old ideas that i some I fleshed out and got to work, but the majority is just, you know, fleeting thoughts. And yeah. I'm like, oh, it's something to try that week, something to try that night, and we'll see what go what happens with it. But yeah, I mean, that's why I go up, so I have to go up and write so much because I mean, I'm just not one of those people that everything I write down is going to be just fantastic. Mm. I just, I really have to work it out. Well, so,
0: Liam, this has been awesome. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. Sorry it took so long. Great to hear your story. Great to chat. Tell people listening where they can find you on social media.
1: You can find me all over social at Liam Comedy. That's at L-I-E-M Comedy. You find me everywhere like Instagram, Facebook, blackpeoplemeet.com, Venmo, Cash App, (laughs) Farmers Only, only (laughs) OnlyFans, wherever.
0: (laughs) Yeah. look it up at Liam comedy and then you'll be in for a surprise yeah, I'm, And I'm, it I'm, seems I'm,
1: I think I'm like the only Liam that does comedy I don't know about the scene that well over there in Vietnam I don't know if, if there's there, any other Liam's that do comedy
0: if there was, but... the, not that I know of and if there was he would probably be Irish and it would be L-I-A-M and before you ask I'm not Irish I'm <laughs> Scottish okay I know you probably think yeah, I'm Scottish. Irish yeah Scottish
1: yeah yeah from glasgow that's the one you
0: got it you got it all right mate i will hopefully be in dallas texas within the next year so i'll definitely hit you up and i definitely look forward to performing with you
1: oh yeah definitely let me know and i'm hopefully on my streak still and i can hook you up with you know three mics a night
0: oh i don't know if my wife will like that but we'll see how it goes
1: Hey, would you rather do three mics throughout the whole week that you're here, or just knock it out in one night and then you can Ooh. spend the rest of the time with your wife and family? That's right. Well, she'll be listening
0: you know? to this, so Adri, let me know. Can I do three mics in one <laughs> night, or, 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 or can I just do three mics every night? Uh, maybe that would just be better. We'll see how it goes.
1: <laughs> hey, yeah, you know, to, uh, definitely run this by her and then just <laughs> let me know. Uh, I'll let we'll you be know. Looking forward to it. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, mate. Cheers. Yeah, Good talking to you, dude. Thank, yeah. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye thank you for listening to this episode of did that really happen a new podcast from 7 million bikes i've been your host neil Mackay. if you enjoyed that and want to hear from comedians around the world about their jokes and if they are true then make sure to follow and subscribe from wherever you are listening from right now and follow 7 million bikes on social media the links are in the show notes cheers